0: Hey, welcome to this week's The Real Estate of Life with Kevin Riles. This week, we're talking about commercial financing during COVID. What's going on? I know a lot of you are wondering, can deals get financed? We have Lee McGoy from Metro Commercial Financing on here. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what a commercial mortgage broker is as well. So, DJ, hit that music, please. Support for this program comes from the Digital Broadcasting Network, presenting podcasts and web series from everyday people who have an extraordinary passion
1: to make the world a better place.
0: Welcome to The Real Estate of Life with Kevin Rouse. This is your host, your boy Kevin Riles. We are here for another awesome episode of The Real Estate of Life. Um, this week we wanted to talk about, as I've kind of continued these themes of quarantine tools, wanted to talk to somebody uh, that is very knowledgeable in uh, commercial real estate finance. And uh, I happen to be on the CCIM, local CCIM board with uh, our guest today. Uh, he is a commercial mortgage uh, broker. Uh, which basically, I'll have him explain what that means, but my definition is that he has access to multiple uh, funding sources to, in order to be able to place uh, commercial deals. I've known Lee probably for the last four or five years. Uh, he was introduced to me by a um, mutual client, Eric Tate. Uh, shout out to Eric Tate out there. Uh, and so uh, we had uh, coffee at Starbucks. I remember that, Lee, and then, um, you know, we've been knowing each other since, and then Lee, uh just in the last what year uh got his ccim uh, as well and so very proud of him for that because i know the struggle because uh, i recently got <laughs> got mine as well uh so uh, i want to w- welcome lee to the uh real estate life how you doing sir
1: great great thanks for having me and, and so
0: I, I stayed away because i've actually two times how to say your last name because i've I'm, i've been messing up all these years because i told you earlier i was saying wrong so it's uh, lee McGoy, lee McGoy. Correct. i got it right. All right. I'm it right. Okay, we can finish now. We're good. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, um, so Lee joins us from all the way to the uh, league city or your south south
1: side. Mm-hmm. Clear Lake area, Lake Clear City. Clear Lake area. All right.
0: For those of you that are, are not from Houston that listen to me, that's kind of south. That's where all the pretty water is in uh, uh, the, the very nice area of, uh, of Houston. So Lee, I, I you know told you via email and we talked right before we went uh, on live uh, that you know, I wanted to talk, bring somebody on to talk about finance uh, and what's going on. Um, just as a personal testimony, uh, I had i keep a there's a board that you you can't see in the screen where I keep all my deals uh, up. You know that are in process, and that board had uh, five uh, deals on them uh, in the middle of March, and if, right now it is completely clean. <laughs> uh, uh, and all of those deals uh, died for one of two reasons. One, the buyer got uh concerned about the market and what's going to happen um because of uh, the virus uh, and the other three uh the lenders called and changed the terms or, or put pause and that's basically killed the deal so uh it is now may 12th. those calls i was getting around i would say march 12th march you know 15th kind of middle of the march so uh we've had kind of um you know two months uh almost three to digest this so i'm just curious to see What you're seeing in general as far as the lending market on commercial uh, real estate um
1: where to start Uh, (laughs) i'll um i'll first kind of break down a a commercial broker for you okay uh, because some people might be going well why do i need to talk to a loan broker i've got a banker and
0: what i tell somebody that says
1: to me well why do i need you is then my answer is uh if you ask me that question, you don't need me.
0: <laughs> gotcha.
1: And that's because, you know, they've been in a, a single family investment type of person that had success in a field. They took some investment money, developed a relationship with the bank that probably has the mortgage on their own, their, house, their primary residence. Mm-hmm. And the bank said, you're a good credit risk for us. We've already got a relationship with you and they do the deal. But then that, let's say that same investor moves into a commercial situation and his bank just doesn't want to do multifamily or his bank doesn't do um, hotels and he's trying to invest in a hotel. And I've seen it both ways. I've literally had a conversation with two different bankers in the same day um, that one said, we're not interested in doing any multifamily, but do you have any hospitality or hotels for us to look at? And another banker said the exact opposite. They said, we're not interested in doing any um, hotels, but we'll take a look at any multifamily. Unit. So um, a lot of people don't understand that there's different risk profiles um, with, with just community bank lenders. There's different um, uh, experience on the board to where obviously in that small bank um, uh, board, decision makers, one of somebody on that board had experience with hotels on one and another one didn't on the other bank. It was the opposite. So there's, um, a mixed bag of what's available to the clients. Another good example of what I can do for somebody to give them flexibility. If you went to a a community bank and you got turned down for a loan, you're starting over somewhere else and may not know where to go. Um, where I had a gentleman this is a good example he had a um, he was trying to purchase a six-unit just rehabbed apartment project 100% occupancy gorgeous on the outside and on the inside and he was um, had plenty of down payment and he got turned down nine times in seven months and somebody referred him to me and my first question was, why are you getting turned down? And he goes, um, I don't even know. He wasn't sure. Um, so I dug into it and found out that he was trying to buy it from his half brother, who was also a a real, so it's a non-arms length transaction And, and the people that were turning him down never explained that to him. So he was just left spinning his wheels and wasted a lot of time. Um, and so, and, and that's funny, too, is, Kevin, you and I could have been corrupt kids in high school, known each other all our lives, and I could buy something from you, no questions asked. Right. But but your brother, who's also a pastor, is trying to buy or sell something from you, and it's a non-arms-length transaction. There's a whole so, lot of
0: rule, rules involved. Yeah, it's killed a lot of deals. <laughs> right,
1: so it's um pretty arbitrary, you can see. So anyway, um, the problem was he... Couldn't buy this from his brother because they think there's potential for corruption on cooking books or something. They just say it's off the map on risk. Um, he, uh, I took him to a hard money lender, got him um, closed in two days. I mean, um, two weeks, less than two weeks. And as soon as title was in his name, I took him right back to a good community bank, and we got it refinanced into his name. So instead of doing a a purchase at a bank, we had to go do a purchase outside of the banks and then do a refinance into the banks to get him a better rate and the rehab money that he, um, or um, some contingency money he wanted to put aside a line of credit. So then there's the other side of that is now let's say that it's a much larger property, a different investor, but the same situation we've got him financing. He's at a bank. He's um, finished his rehab phase. He's got a place stabilized and they want to go non-recourse. Well, the banks can't do the non-recourse for you either.
0: Um, Hold on for a second. And so non-recourse, uh, for those that might not be familiar with that, means that the bank, um, uh, a non-recourse loan means that the bank uh, uh, cannot come after you uh, individually. They they are coming after the entity. So just just to explain. Go ahead.
1: Yes, yes. And the purpose of uh, the banks, um, bar, a lot of borrowers want to um, do non-recourse. Not just for liability, um, not just for that, but there's contingent liabilities, they call it. So sometimes you can have too many liabilities on your um, personal financial statement, and that can create issues also. Um, So that's what I do is I provide somebody a full spectrum of money available to them and can offer them flexibility, and I can develop strategies for them that they might not even know, know were available to them and uh, a lot of job satisfaction in that solving problems for, for investors is, um, uh, a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, um, you know, kind of as you explain what a commercial mortgage broker does, uh, I think a lot of people think that, um, that are familiar with, with mortgage brokers think that, uh, they went away after, uh, 06, 07, 08, but that's residential mortgage brokers basically went away. They had to become mortgage bankers, whereas commercial mortgage brokers are still very much so um, out there and available uh, and provide a service. To me, it's kind of like, uh, like you said, solution providing or, or uh, financial planning um, kind of service where you have to sit down and say, where where does this uh, best fit? Uh, and me as a commercial more, uh, commercial real estate broker, Uh, You know, sometimes, um, you know, I can refer because I know a a particular bank will do a particular deal just by looking at it. But then sometimes, um, you know, that's not necessarily the best deal. And, uh, you know, folks like yourself are much better sources. We just before we went on air, talked about um, a client of mine that I referred to you uh, who was looking to refinance, um, basically do a blanket loan and, and do a line of credit. At the same time and um the bank that had done his last two deals i referred to him um just isn't doing that anymore uh so or not at that level so i said you know what you ought to call lee because lee's gonna have access to a whole lot of uh different banks and as you mentioned it sounds like you got him taken care of so again it's not always a special situation it can be a simple loan but especially when there's a little bit of difference in in a file i think commercial mortgage brokers are uh, are are vital to what we uh, do because you're like i'm trying to keep in touch with sellers you're trying to you're keeping in touch with banks <laughs> so right on, on a regular basis and <clears throat> you can save a
1: lot of time or you can save a deal let's say you took a um deal to a bank that you're trying to get financed and they turn you down and it took them 40 45 days to turn you down mm-hmm. and now the you're having to start over again and that seller's screaming at you that you know I need to get this deal closed and that they they don't want to renew a a real estate contract so what was a you know a cherry prospect turns into a dead deal just because of the um, not not sending that loan out to multiple lenders and having an advocate sell that for you if you don't have that type of experience.
0: Gotcha. So what about those people, um, before I get back to the initial question I asked you, what about those people that think that if they go through a mortgage broker, they're actually gonna pay more either in, in rate or in fees? How would you speak to, how do you usually speak to that concern?
1: Um, there's there's something to that, not, necessarily, not rate, mm-hmm. but um, I charge a point of the loan amount at closing is my typical situation. Mm -hmm. So, um, you're a commercial realtor, right? Mm -hmm. The same client, a client has an option with you too, right? He can go out and deal with a seller himself Mm -hmm. or he can hire you and you're bringing value add, you're saving them from pitfalls. You're uh, speeding up the process. You might be a much in a much better position with your experience to uh, deal with the seller, then you're, then you're a seller than your than your client um, so there's just it's a value-add deal if you yeah. don't just like i said before if if you have to ask why you need me you don't need me
0: gotcha and the reason i want to cover it is because there is a, a perception that if i i'm going to get a quote-unquote better deal um, with um, my bank and i' found uh, that that is not necessarily true especially on rate um, but uh, I, everybody should be compensated for what they they, they bring to the table. Uh, and uh, I've had that comment when I've given out, you know, commercial mortgage broker names before. And I'm thinking, well, but your bank just said no. Uh, that bank just said no. So isn't it worth, uh, you know, paying someone to go find a solution for you? And none of us get paid basically until a deal closes anyway. So uh, it's it, it something that I think people need to be
1: made aware of. And the really reality is, ninety nine point nine percent of people trying to purchase something that I get a loan for them for, their um, their eyes on the finished product. They've got that deal closed. They've rehabbed it. It's cash flowing. It's banking for them. That is, you know, that's the goal. And a fee up front, whether it's a realtor fee or a loan broker fee or whatever, is insignificant to the deal. It's cost of doing business.
0: Yeah. So um, going back to the, the, my initial, I'm glad you explained that. I probably should have started off with the question of of what a commercial mortgage broker is, but going back to, um, you know, what I initially asked you, uh, what, what, what do you, uh, I guess describe pre uh, pre Corona versus post Corona, uh, pre quarantine versus post quarantine as far as what you do for a living. Um, Well, last year,
1: was I've been doing this a long time and last year was the best year I ever had. And this year is just bumping and dragging along. Um, primarily because I've got a couple of large SBA projects. And so all these SBA lenders just dropped anything they had in underwriting and had to go do the, uh, um, paycheck PPP or paycheck protection program. And, uh, so entire sba departments were just gone for two months you couldn't you couldn't even get your deal moving um keep your deal moving um but then just yesterday i had a meeting with a gentleman and he said um we're uh the commercial um bankers are all back to doing or not maybe not all of them but the ones i know are back this week doing commercial banking as opposed to Just helping everybody push the PPP paper through Um, and you know it's great that they mandated that they prioritize those people because they're trying to save their businesses and keep their employees fed and so forth but we've kind of come over that curve come over that hill and uh, we're on the downside of that and uh, things are starting to get back to normal a little bit.
0: On the conventional side have you seen um lenders pause um uh, or cut ltvs or any underwriting changes I, I know i got an email from a um of an uh, agency um that does freddie mac and, and uh, fannie mae multifamily and they've increased their debt service requirements and all kinds of stuff um you know um during this this period of time so i'm, I'm curious to see you know have you heard or seen anything for your bankers that, that has changed
1: just from newsletters and lender the lenders that send me updates on what they're doing and so forth I can say in general that yes there's things are going to tighten up because if somebody's going to want to be sure that you know you might have occupancy but is your occupancy paying <laughs> right. Right. so um, so that's changed and that's something that they have to add into their risk assessments and um, so yeah there's those effects really haven't hit the market yet it's Mm -hmm. still kind of new as far as changing a loan programs um, uh, uh, parameters it's going to happen slowly and you know on a case-by-case situation with the lenders Um, but i I fully expect to see where there'll be some tightening on guidelines for sure
0: so if i'm trying to get a deal financed now compared to before this started Mm -hmm. What do you think I'm looking at as far as extra information or am I bringing more money down? Just giving people a kind of a sense of what your opinion are is that, um, you know, how a deal is going to be structured now, say on a commercial investment property, something that's producing cash.
1: Um, to be honest, I just it just occurred to me that there's actually a bigger positive than there's a negative um, from this. Uh, regarding the changes at the banks because um, lenders are telling me now that they're they're looking for deals if you if their flow was shut down because they took the commercial bankers out and they were all packaging up um, PPP loans and funneling that into their SBA departments all those guys were all, all of their volume all of those commercial bankers volume was on hold but the investors and everybody were still there. So, you, so there's sort of been an opening of the dam here in the last week or this week. And that there's the, the guy that I met with yesterday that I already mentioned, he said, we're open for businessmen. We're looking for, we're looking for projects to fund. So, um, and then i get an email from another guy's and an, a national lender uh, that loans on projects from a investment pool it's a non-bank lender. Um, he's said, we were, um, we're recapitalized this week. So, so what that means is that investor pool said, Hey, we're not letting you take any money out of our pool to fund projects. Uh, we're putting things on hold. So now they, as of this week, they're back in business and the, the guy said, I've got capital loan again. So, um, the, the, I'm seeing more positive stuff like that than I am seeing negative things like um, increased uh, uh, or, or more stringent guidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we'll see the more stringent gu- guidelines, I'm sure, at some point. But right now, it's more of a, a, a positive opening up as opposed to a, a necking down on things.
0: And I, I would say, from my side, um, my phones basically stopped ringing for about a good five and a half weeks. Um, I mean, I got calls on listings and, and, and those of you that listen to the podcast know that I have a, I do a significant amount of multifamily, but also have uh, listings for uh, four Chapter 7 bankruptcy trustees, so I'm still getting calls on those. The calls that I'm getting now are from buyers who are looking for steals and, and are assuming that this uh, pause in the market may have allowed for some opportunity for Bigger deals. When I say deals, I mean discounted properties and, and distressed properties. I honestly haven't seen that yet. Now it may be coming. Uh, if it does come, in my opinion, it would come the third or fourth quarter, um, uh, because I think banks are doing a workout and working with folks now. But for um, for those, you know, I've talked to my Chapter 7 bankruptcy trustees, and they're anticipating significant increase in bankruptcy filings for the third and fourth quarter. So I think that's where you'll see those that didn't survive uh, this, for whatever reason, come and there probably will be opportunity uh, there. Uh, and it sound, it's good if they, if banks are saying now that they're willing to fund deals because when I say they hit pause, I had three different banks on these deals I was talking about, and they all hit pause. And to your point, one of the bankers told me, hey, her boss told her, forget everything in your pipeline, we need you over here on these PPP loans, uh, get them processed, so they became processors. Uh, for the last uh, four to five weeks um, you know I guess the other thing I would ask you Lee is that um, from a programmatic standpoint um, you know let, uh, let's assume that things get back to quote unquote and I'm putting in air quotes for those of you that are not watching the video <laughs> normal because I, I I think normal is gonna be different um, when we come out of this in one way shape or form from our personal lives and our professional lives to a certain extent but in a normal Assuming that programs basically remain the same with some, some tweaking. Are there any unique programs because you, because you see the gamut of different programs out there from different lenders uh, that you are aware of for uh, commercial real estate investors, whether that be from a special type of hard money loan to a community bank that has a special program, maybe a different LTV or, you know, anything out there from a product standpoint that you think is unique.
1: Um, Yes, not necessarily related to COVID, Mm -hmm. but back to the fact that I mentioned that I represent kind of the full spectrum of um, um, money that's available Mm -hmm. for commercial real estate. Um, Somebody might not have experience and know that there are certain things available. Let's say they got turned down at the bank and it was a a credit reason. Um, There's non-bank lenders that they don't advertise to the general public they only work through brokers so it's another thing is a lot of times the only time you can get access to that money is through a broker because i'm basically their outsourced sales force Um, and there's just tons of what i call matrix programs because if you've ever looked at a a residential loan matrix where you know you've got ltv and property type or first home second home and you uh, and then you've got uh, bullets at the bottom that add or subtract a quarter point. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of what I call the matrix lenders out there that um, will do a deal that maybe a bank doesn't want to do because it's too far outside of a, uh, a, 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 ma- a major area uh, in MSA or it's um, just had a just the bank just barely didn't close it. These guys will take that additional risk, but they're going to charge you instead of six and a quarter points, they're going to charge you seven and a half points Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, in in interest. Um, But then there's also times where the bank is always going to do a full appraisal. And I've got non-bank lenders that um, on small balance commercial properties, Mm -hmm. you know, up to, up to $2 million, Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll do a loan on a BPO hmm you know or or, you know Broker's price
0: opinion for those that are not aware that i mean the broker ran comps and they feel comfortable with the with the comps
1: and so not having to go through an appraisal process a lot of guys would much rather close property quick or and and not go through that um through that bank process Um, a lot of people just i don't know if it's impatience or mindset but Sick, the standard 60 to 90 days that you need to close a loan at a community bank, that's just, that's the way it is. And a lot of people just think that's sh- shocking or unreasonable. <laughs> right, right,
0: and, and right. Like, six weeks of that is waiting on the appraisal. Uh, and appraisal. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Hey, so. May, may,
1: may I Oh, may I quickly fill in on something we touched on, I think it's kind of important to people, is when we were talking about um, non-recourse. Uh, the main reason for non-recourse is they offer much better rates and terms you can get on a on a fully stabilized cash flow and property um, they will give you a 30-year amortization and like sub four percent rates right now mm-hmm. banks they're giving you sub five for the first time in a long time right now like right. 475 four, or something but you can literally get like a 3.5 a 3.85 on a 30-year am um, off, and a non recourse product. Um, and so.
0: And the LTV requirements okay. on non recourse is typically a little bit higher, right? Correct?
1: A little, no, no, a little lower. Typically 75 is the best you can get.
0: Okay. So. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I meant, I said higher. Yeah. You know, yeah. Lower. Correct.
1: Yes. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you can get 75 instead of 80. But again, that's just the, the way it is. It's um,
0: Yeah, even, no, I think, I mean, if you can get non recourse. Go ahead. No, I'll say if you can get a uh, non-recourse, that's, that's, that's awesome. I mean, it's the best of all worlds. The money is cheaper, you have to put a little bit, um, you know, a more down, the amortization is, is longer. So it really, you know, for cash on a property, it puts more cash in your in your pocket.
1: Exactly. So that non-recourse, the purpose is, um, the name makes you think it's, well, they can't come after me because it's called non-recourse. Mm-hmm. They don't have any recourse on me. Well, what it is is that the lenders just determine developed a product for instance, Gerald Hines, I mm-hmm. mean, he couldn't qualify personally for all those loan, all those properties they have, right? right? So the lenders will say, okay, this is a cash flowing property in an established MSA, that um, it's property type we like, we'll give you a a, a loan based on the cash flow. And that we know that market so well that we don't care if you default on the loan, we'll take it back and we can sell it or operate it ourselves and not, we're not concerned about the downside of your, the investors credit. Um, So that's why it's a non recourse loan is because properties are strong enough and they're cash flowing already. Um, So if an investor goes and buys a property that is qualifies once it's stabilized for CMBS, um, but he's got to go through a rehab, or construction phase and stabilize that to get it to where it qualifies for the non-recourse. That's where I've helped many, many investors and I'll get them that um, short term or mini perm is another term for it. We'll finish the project, stabilize the project, and then I'll take them into non-recourse because they can go from a, a 20 year AM at five and seven five at a bank to a 30 year AM at three point eight five in a bank, or well, five seven five in a bank, four and a quarter, four and a half. Um,
0: yeah, okay. I don't have to be a CSIm to do that math. That that makes me money. So
1: right, right. <laughs> so if you're if you're cash flowing a property, and oh, and also they give you a ten year fixed. difference.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're not you're not floating. For those of you out there uh, that don't know, uh, commercial uh, loans. Uh, Uh, can be amortized over a period but typically they're gonna come uh, due or or start to vary after three five seven uh, or in this case uh, 10 years so that that 10-year stability is is important
1: is very important and i'm sure kevin that your experience is similar to mine with clients that you've worked with over the years is that you've grown with them they've grown with you Mm -hmm. and what they know now is a lot greater than what they knew in the beginning of their investment process. And so there's been times when I've shown an investor that hey looking at your portfolio right now we should take some of this some of these properties non-recourse what's non-recourse? You know or what's CMBS commercial mortgage backed security type loans. And so being able to provide them options that they're on un- that they don't even know is available to them. Or have sources again? CNBS lenders aren't out there trying to sell to the general population. They're going through brokers. They only want to see a file that's not packaged by somebody that's in the business like I am.
0: Right, right. So l- let me ask you this: uh, as we're coming almost to the end of our, our time here, but uh, um, you know, you and I had a conversation one time at a CCIM event, or the old days when there were the low LTV small ballots. Uh, commercial uh, loans, the the, uh, Bayviews, and the I forgot all the names and
1: and all that kind of stuff. and Bayview. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. So I'm curious to know, uh, you know, uh, I I always get to call, you know, and there'll be investors that have money, but they just want to spread it as much as possible. Are there any relatively low LTV commercial investment um, um, or high LTV, I guess I should say, uh, 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 commercial investment uh, loans out there, uh, does that still exist? And if so, uh, I know it doesn't exist because I know uh, below 5% doesn't exist because I remember Bayview, or they were like three and a half, like trying to treat it like an FHA mortgage uh, almost uh, back in the day. So is that market even still out there?
1: No, not since 2008. (laughs) Those were crazy days of... Yeah. Th- it wasn't Bayview or Fair, I can't think of the, I can't name, think either. Of the
0: name either, I can see but the logo. There was logo one there. that
1: was actually, they were owned by Lehman, or the, the money right. pool came through Lehman, yeah. but they had just a generic, and they're a matrix lender again, that um, you, you couldn't find easily um, in the general public, but a lot of people knew about them. But you can get a 95% loan, so on commercial.
0: the client's funeral home. His very first location now he has five locations was 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 on uh that program. Uh had a and it had a five four three two one uh prepayment penalty. As a matter of fact. Uh, right. it's uh very which, for those of you that are not familiar, that's a declining over time. The longer you keep the loan, the lower the prepayment penalty uh is. And so um and uh he refinanced it, uh he ended up almost paying off the loan to refinance it, but I just remember that was the only way he was able to, to purchased that building, and, you know, he was up and running and, and and cash flowing, you know, immediately, but just didn't have that upfront money because he had to buy literally caskets and, you know, all this other stuff, so it really helped him get started, but I always get the question of, are there any high LTV commercial lenders, and the best I've ever seen, owner-occupied, obviously, is SBA uh, at 10%, but, uh, you know, non-owner-occupied, the best I've ever seen is, is 20%, so. Exactly, yeah, 20% is
1: as good as you're gonna get nowadays for uh, most deals
0: look especially with uh, with, uh COVID, it's probably gonna
1: right. some of them
0: probably gonna cut that five uh, percent uh as well i just i just think that with COVID, and again i'm not a banker uh, i'm just thinking how i would attack if i was a bank i think that the amount of reserves that you have um your financial portfolio the amount of reserves that you have is going to become even more key for you to be able to service a note, should should it not, uh, should the property not cash flow or not go the way it's, it's presenting? Um, so maybe Same. not in down payment, but how many months of reserves are, do you have to be able to cash flow this? You know, to to take a shot
1: like this. That's a very good point, Kevin. Um, you're you're right. We can, without having seen it yet, we can you can almost guarantee that they'll be increasing their reserves um for to qualify a loan uh, just so you've got the ability to suffer any downside that's you know unforeseen downside
0: yeah yeah and, and, and you know i'll be interested to see the the post-mortem report of how the trickle down of rents affected everyone and what i mean by that is for instance in a multi-family property if the tenant can't pay the rent and then the pro- multi-property owner cannot pay the mortgage or having problem paying the mortgage. And if the um, servicer can't pay the investor, like the whole food chain, you know, literally probably have properties out there where nobody's able to pay anything all the way across the, the food chain. Uh, you know, did they hit pause? Did everybody hit pause from the investor all the way down to the, um, the tenant uh, or the multifamily property owner? Or are they being aggressive and no, we're gonna take the property Then that's that will be kind of like we had postmortems after 2008. Um, You know, we kind of see what happened. Uh, You know, credit default swaps and things of that nature. You you know, in retrospect, were not great things. So I just wonder what the postmortem report will be after this.
1: And and think about um, these appraisers. They don't. You know, they have look at vacancy and historical vacancy, and then they can factor that in to their. what the value they're gonna give, but how do you how do you check a box for slow pay, no pay? Yeah. Um, you know In fact, one of those deals I
0: was talking about, the buyer's still out there, he wanted to pause because he's a physician and just didn't know how his practice would be affected. Uh, and the the lender told me, hey, you know, we like him, we just press and pause on everything. And even though it appraised, we're gonna if he comes back, we're gonna reappraise it because, you know, the market may have changed. Uh, and so, you know, that's the type of conversations I'm hearing uh, from potential buyers and, and their lenders if they come to me with a lender already, that, you know, that's kind of the, the you know, we're, we're being uber cautious. We may still fund the deal, but we're being uber conscious. But it's amazing since, I'm going to say May 1st, that it's, it's almost like somebody, even though Dr. Fauci is, is, and I agree with him, that we should go slow at this, it seems to me that, uh, that. Uh, Someone turned the lights on because even in driving my phone, you know, things that j- people just started calling all of a sudden. It was like, okay, you know, I'm done and yeah. now let's, let's go. So I don't know if you noticed the just an increase in just activity.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, even like you said, out on the streets. I mean, yes. things opened up here in Texas like um, last Friday, I guess.
0: Yeah, uh, May 1st. But,
1: but if you remember, if you were driving on Thursday, there was nobody out on the roads. On Friday, it was like almost back to normal.
0: I got two property tours today, and I haven't had two property tours in in, in a in, two, in a day, in in about two months. So, uh, you know, after we finish this, so you can definitely uh, tell there's a difference. You know, I'm, I'm high risk because I have underlying conditions, so I'm I'm being safe. And I hope those of you that are listening to this are being safe with wearing masks and, and gloves when when you need them. But um, you know, I think people are trying to get back. You know, it's a hard balancing act between. You know being safe i have two very good friends pass away from uh uh, uh COVID. um uh oh, really? and uh yeah it, it you know i I know like five people but two very good friends um uh, passed away in the last couple of weeks uh from covid related uh, symptoms so to me it's 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 I th- you know it's serious i think some people it hasn't hit close enough to home to kind of wake them up a little bit uh and these are young folks these weren't like you know uh, older folks and it shouldn't matter but people are kind of making that delineation Uh how oh, okay well hey they had a good life um you know these are people that are my age uh you know i'm 46 about to be 47 so um you know it's it's, it's just really really uh serious and i think uh that people need to be uh, aware of it but that's my that's my covid diatribe i apologize i just had to uh, stick that in there um lee in in closing um Uh, I forgot to ask you at the beginning, how did you get into becoming a commercial mortgage broker? What's what's a little bit of your background?
1: Years ago, late 90s, early 2000s, I was what they called an AE, I was an account executive for a mortgage bank. Mm -hmm. And my job was to contact a territory of mortgage brokers, um, residential mortgage brokers, and go out and do the lunch and learns and keep them abreast of the loans that we could offer them and uh, create volume for a mortgage bank. So this um, particular uh, mortgage bank came out with a little hybrid commercial product. And this was Oh four, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I t- took off with that. I started introducing that to all my mortgage brokers. They were blown and going the boom before the bust, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so I was even doing commercial property loans for the owner of the brokerage that I was talking to all their LOs, loan officers, um, on a regular basis. So that just kind of expanded into where I was the best in the country on volume of that small balance little special specialty loan product. And I realized that I didn't um, like residential near as much as I enjoyed that commercial. And, after a while these brokers I was their go-to guy for anything commercial that came their way and so I was getting a look at a lot of stuff that was not fitting into that little Uh um, specialty um, um, loan product and so by at one point I realized that I was leaving a lot of money on the table by not working all these other files that I was getting a chance to look at so I ended up just kind of organically stepping out of being an account executive for a mortgage bank to being a independent loan broker and i still was able to do a lot of volume with that one product that i knew so well in the beginning but that's when i was able to uh, really learn what was available in the markets by working all these files that were coming my way and so again it's just kind of a happenstance organic growth into being an independent Loan broker.
0: Gotcha. Have you always been in banking in one way, shape, or form?
1: Um, in finance, I was I was a um, a Series Three commodity futures broker mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. years.
0: Gotcha. 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 Well, um, if people want to get in touch with you, Lee, what's the best way to, to get in touch? And, and I didn't say your company name, so I'll let you introduce your company as well. So, the
1: company is Metropolitan Commercial Finance and. The domain is metcomfin.com. M-E-t-
0: yeah, and folks, we'll put those in the notes uh, of this as well. So, but go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, M-E-T-C-O-M-F-I-N. The first three of each word together. Uh, a lot easier to type than Metropolitan Commercial Finance. <laughs> and uh, my number is, or, and you'll attach that, I guess. Yeah. Don't expect somebody to memorize it, but it's 713-398-1026. And I really appreciate you, Kevin. Enjoyed this
0: no absolutely I'm, I'm i'm glad you were able to come on especially at the last second since i got my my times crossed up uh and for those of you out there that are you know looking to do deals again i just referred uh lee uh, a, a guy who was a strong financial guy wanted to do something special like a blanket loan and some and a line of credit against some equity and so he's been able to find uh, uh him a solution as well uh and then you know uh, over the years he's just been able to get uh, some hard money stuff done as well so Uh, just different stuff. So I I think it's good to have a a commercial mortgage broker as a part of your team of of professionals uh, that you seek when you're looking at uh, deals. And so, uh, Lee, I want to thank you uh, for being on with us today. Uh, And um, again, we'll put your information in the the show notes. And for all of you that are out there listening to our podcast, thank y'all for listening during this, this time. We've been putting out quarantine tools. So here's another quarantine tool for you to to be able to, uh, to take advantage of. And we will see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening. As always, do you have questions about any of the topics I'm talking about? If you have questions, let me know. Email me at kevin at kevinriles.com. Again, that's kevin at kevinriles.com. I'm going to do a podcast just on the questions uh, that you guys are sending me. So feel free to send them to me. Again, that's kevin at kevinriles.com.